0: Today on Empowering Midlife Wellness with me, Dr. Susan, I'm playing the audio portion of the latest question from Ask Dr. Susan Live. And if you have a question for Ask Dr. Susan Live, you can submit it to drsusan.com ask. We'd love to hear from you. Hi, and we're back with another question for Ask Dr. Susan Live. Today, I have Susan on the phone. Hi, Susan. Hi, Dr. Susan. So when I was in high school or any all-through school half of my class was named Susan. That was the most popular name in the late 60s and early 70s. So I'm guessing we might be around the same age. I'm 54. No,
1: I'm not. I'm, not
0: you. I'm 69. Oh, so your your parents were ahead of the game. Mine mine were right in there with the Susan thing. That's the late life thing. I'm <laughs> Uh, you know ever since um I, I delivered babies for over 20 years the only baby i ever delivered that they named susan was chinese because they can spell it in their language which i think is really cool so susan's a common chinese name too so just a little bit of trivia but one day it'll come back again so well <laughs> well welcome to the show i thank you for submitting a question uh, what can i answer for you today well at
1: the time i wrote the question I was feeling pretty good, <laughs> but I'm going to say, is it normal for someone my age? I've already gone through the change, and in this past year, I had uh, a hysterectomy, a uh, bladder tag, and a So, when I was there, I asked them about the hormone therapy, and they uh, said, "Jim, you can give it a try. So, I did, and mm-hmm. I get a shot once a month and take progesterone every okay. day.
0: So the shot would be estrogen, just for listeners. Um, estrogen can be delivered by injection. And then you're also taking well, progesterone. That's great. Well, no, they're putting the other testosterone
1: in it. Yes. And
0: Okay, so you're getting testosterone in the injection as well. Yeah.
1: Okay. And what's mm-hmm. what's happened is that I really got big up top. I hurt a good bit and it finally went away some. And then after I took the progesterone, then I started hurting. On my left side, but I had shoulder surgery, so the upper part of my chest, I had shoulder surgery, so I thought it was connected, so I went back, I did an ultrasound, and said that my breast had become dense, had density in it, never had that before, did a mammogram that said the same thing, so now I'm scared I'll get cancer.
0: Yes. So um, I love questions about hormones and cancer. So uh, you asked a few, there's other few questions in what you said that I want to address, but um, yeah. the, what I'm hearing is the bottom line with this question is whether hormones put you at risk for cancer. Is that right? Yes,
1: yeah.
0: Okay. So one yeah. of my favorite questions. So the short version is that uh, bioidentical hormones, if you're taking estradiol, testosterone, and progesterone do not cause cancer. Uh, And I've talked about this many times, but for those of you who haven't heard my little short speech before, in 2002, which was a full 20 years ago, a big study called the Women's Health Initiative was stopped early because there was a concern that patients in that study might have an increased risk of breast cancer, just one cancer, breast cancer, and also blood clot, heart disease, and stroke. Well, the long story short is that those 27,000 women were followed for a total of 18 years. And it was found that there was no increased risk of breast cancer in the patients who were taking estrogen. So there have been many other studies that have confirmed that. Now, what happened was we get this little kernel of truth and then it gets exploded way beyond where it originally started. So other cancers are really not a risk. We know that taking estradiol by itself can cause uterine cancer, but that's not an issue for you. You don't have a uterus and taking progesterone prevents that. We actually know now that testosterone reduces the risk of breast cancer, which is very exciting. Um, We've known forever that estradiol reduces the risk of colon cancer. So overall, if we're on hormone replacement, our cancer risk is lower than if we're not on hormone replacement. Now, so that being said, this breast density issue, if you had breast tenderness when you started on estrogen, your dose is too high. Well,
1: that must be what's wrong because, predict. Mm-hmm progesterone, when I quit taking it, my tendons and my breasts and whatnot quit. The hurting went away, it
0: was terrible. Right, so so definitely uh, too much of a good thing is not a good thing. So if our levels get too high, breast tenderness, even enlargement of our breasts can happen. And regarding this description of uh, breasts being dense on mammogram, that's on almost all mammograms nowadays. It's a kind of a disclaimer that the radiologists have saying, hey, it looks normal, but because the breasts are dense, they can't rule out the possibility that they might have missed a cancer. It's kind of a what we call a CYA type of a cover your you-know-what type of thing. So many, many mammograms, in fact, most of the ones that I read these days say that disclaimer on the bottom that because the patient has dense breasts, it's possible that they might have missed something. Now, that being said, if it just came up after you started on estrogen, definitely too much estrogen can stimulate the breast tissue, not to form cancer, but just to have that benign change where they get bigger and they're tender and right. doesn't feel good. Yeah, it's an awful it, feeling. Yeah, it's
1: terrible. I, so I was supposed to go today to get another shot. And I decided I, when I found out I was going to get to talk to you. that they don't take blood or anything. They just uh, sort of, it's a, you tell them and that's the way it goes.
0: Right. And I, I think that. That is not giving you the best service that you deserve. And first of all, if you're getting testosterone in injectable form, it's not bioidentical testosterone. It's either testosterone cypionate or testosterone propionate. I know those are just big names, but long story short is. Even though it's injected into your system, your body has to run it through the washing machine of our liver in order to convert it into testosterone. So it's not good for the liver. Uh, So one of the things that I hope they do is they would check your liver enzymes frequently because testosterone injections make your liver enzymes go up. They elevate cholesterol. They're not good for you. In fact, I just saw a patient today who'd been on testosterone injections and her liver enzymes are so high, it looks like she has hepatitis. I mean, really damaging for the liver. So my suggestion would be, to get bioidentical testosterone in a non injectable form, a cream, or you can get sublingual drops or a pellet if you do choose to continue on it. Um, and bioidentical estrogen, same. We just don't want to take it by mouth because it can upset the liver. So I think being on hormones view is a great idea. We just need to tweak the doses a little bit and have someone maybe pay a little bit more attention to how you're doing and check your levels and listen to your particular side effects. And then modify it for you to make it customized
1: gotcha well you, you put my mind at ease about the cancer part but that liver part i do understand that but i didn't know about yeah. the, the testosterone um the way it was made and whatnot i thought it was all vial, but yeah, thank you
0: yes very uh, very unlikely so if you look at that little vial probably says testosterone propionate or cyprianate which is a synthetic form of testosterone now does that help you to feel better? Yeah. I mean, it's great for your bone density. It helps with sex drive. has a lot of benefits. I felt really good after mm-hmm. the first, first two
1: shots, but yeah. I hate to say it. No, I'm not going to say it. <laughs> but um, I was a new
0: lady. Yeah. So it sounds like your sex drive went up, which is wonderful. So so <laughs> yes, the shots yes. do work in that Too way. Much. Yeah, I, I I get I get it. it. Sometimes really can be too much. I mean, it's great to have a good sex drive, but if we're preoccupied with sex all day, that's an unpleasant feeling. So we don't. Too much is never a good thing. So injections are great for symptom relief. They're great for sex drive. Great for bone health. The issue that they have though is they're just tough on the liver. So because there are other options with pellets, creams, sublingual, definitely for long term. If you're going to use this for a long time, I would recommend. Switching to one of those and then also measuring your levels because who knows where you are and it sounds like you were definitely too high based on your breast symptoms. So not worried about cancer, um, but I am worried about quality of life things like discomfort. I mean, who wants that? We want to feel we're trying to help you to feel better here. So anything that doesn't feel good. And I've personally had breast tenderness myself from having too much estrogen. I've self administered, so my fault. Um, yeah, it feels terrible. I couldn't button my shirt and I couldn't lay on my front, and ugh, it feels awful. I know. And the nipples hurt really bad. Nipples hurt. Yeah, that's not fun. So uh, that means your estrogen's too high. For you. Okay. Um, so, okay. what we like to do in my practice is figure out where you feel good. So, for example, right now I feel great on the estrogen dose that I'm taking. So, if I were to draw my blood, I like my estrogen to be somewhere between 40 to 60. And now I try to keep it there. Now, in your case, we want to figure out what level feels good for you and then try to keep it there. So, it's not 40 to 60 for everybody. That's just my personal number. So, um, I think checking blood levels is really important because otherwise, how do we know? what is good for you uh, because everybody's different. Okay. Thank you
1: so much. I'll I'll call them and ask them, but I don't think they take blood
0: work. Yes. Well, you know what? You're the customer and I would move on to another provider. And these days, I think it's really important for providers and patients to be aware that we are your service provider and I need to do a really good job for you as your physician. And if somebody is not doing that, plenty of other people who can do that. We deserve the best. And so keep looking Uh to find somebody who really understands you. Um, And I think women in our age group, you know, we were raised just to kind of believe whatever the doctor said and to be, at least Uh I was, to to kind of not argue or make a fuss or speak up when somebody like a physician or your priest (laughs) said something, you just believed it, right? But uh, actually, you know, with doctors, there's a huge range of knowledge and, and you can shop around and find somebody who really understands what you need. Um yes. Yeah. So oh, thank
1: you so much. I that that relieves me. I can uh my sleep's not the best. I can go to sleep, but I wake up around three thirty, four o'clock and I can't go back to sleep.
0: So yeah, you so you need a little bit more work on balancing your hormones and um uh, if you fly on down to Houston, we'd be happy to do that for you. But in the short term, I had mentioned this to another caller earlier, looking at the North American Menopause Society website can also help to find somebody who can help you. Their website address is going to be below, but it's menopause.org. Really easy to remember. And you can look in your area to find somebody who's well-versed in menopause and maybe just check out their credentials and see if it's somebody that uh, might be able to offer you a little bit more personalized service.
1: Okay. Well, if, if I decide to fly out, then I just make a promise. See, i will making an
0: promise. We'd love to see you. Come on down. We have a big old airport. We can't oh, wait to meet thank you. So, much. so, whatever you do decide to do, please uh, send us a message back and let me know how that turned out for you. slash uh, ask We'd love to hear the other side of the story. Okay.
1: Sounds good.
0: Thank you. For, for All right. My pleasure. Always questions about cancer and hormones. It's just been ingrained in our brain since 2002. So uh, hopefully we can spread the word and you can help to get that word out there that in actual fact, several cancers are decreased by bioidentical hormone replacement. And we're more likely to live longer if we take hormones than if we don't. So it's a real 180 from what we were all taught to believe back in 2002. So go ahead and subscribe to this channel. If you haven't done so already, share it with your friends. We'll get the word out about menopause. And if you have a question that you'd like me to answer on this show, you can submit it to drsusan.com ask, or come visit us at our office at completemidlifewellnesscenter.com. I'll talk to you next week.